0: We are not in a place where the church can sit back in their vehicle and hope somebody else goes to fill things up. We are in a position where the church needs to be the one that is leading the way when nobody else knows what to do. The church is the answer. Jesus said, I will build my Church and the gates of COVID shall not prevail against it. The gates of economic depression shall not prevail against it. There is no hope for humanity if the church is sitting in line like everybody else waiting on somebody to do something when God says, pick up the pump and fill something up. I got time today. I can't do that three times in the morning. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 19, verse 19. Matthew 19, verse 19. Jesus speaking to the rich young ruler. I never thought about it this way. I heard this last week. The rich young ruler. Hey, one for three ain't bad either. Come on, somebody else. This guy had it going on. He was rich, he was young, and he was a man of significant prominence at an early age in life, ruler. And he asked Jesus, what do I need to do? And Jesus said, You need to keep the commandments. And he began to read all of these things. And in the midst of his list, which was his first response to this rich, young, (laughs) good-looking ruler, Jesus said this, honor, right in the middle, honor your father and your mother. And then, connected to it, the second greatest commandment, thrown right there behind, love your neighbor as yourself. And the rich, young ruler, listening to this list, does what so many Christians today do. He looks at this short list of showing up when he's supposed to show up, of not sinning like everybody else is sinning, of not doing what everybody else is doing and on occasion being willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. The rich young ruler, the arrogant, pompous, religious, self-righteous, rich young ruler says unto the Lord, all of these I have kept since I was young. I'm doing everything right. That's what this guy says to Jesus. And then Jesus says, oh, oh, well, good for you, pompous windbag. Jesus didn't say that. It was just, Jesus says, oh, well, that's good. That's good. Well, go sell all of your stuff. Give it to the poor. Come back and follow me. And the Bible says, the rich young ruler walked, around, walked away sad because he had many possessions. Let me tell you something. His faith was misplaced. And when your faith is misplaced, then you miss the ability to properly follow Jesus. You get distracted by the things that everybody else gets distracted by. You respond the same way that everybody else responds. Now, I, I some of you, many of you actually saw the post that I made earlier this week from a guy that had a great influence on me at one conference and I had an opportunity to pray with and, and I still follow Bishop Kevin Wallace to this day. But I'm telling you, we have a demon Moving not just through our society, we have a demon who has crept his way into our churches. As Bishop Wallace said, I know it's a demon because it keeps moving. It keeps moving from Republican to Democrat. Hey, I'm going to mess with some of your theology this morning. You can be a Democrat and still be divinely appointed by God. Now that's messing some people up because I believe there's some communists in China who are divinely appointed by God, but the only political system that they're aware of is the one that they've been taught to believe in. Come on, and if God is able to save a sinner like you, then he can save a Democrat like somebody else. He can save a communist like somebody else. Guys, there's some conservatives that need to be born again in the name of Jesus, and we need to stop allowing the demon of division to cause us to despise one another because we don't carry the same platform. Now, we can have a personal conversation about where I stand on some of those issues because there's different sides. There's no way, do you understand that there's no way that two political parties could represent fully the people of God god in the united states of america those parties are not looking to honor god they're looking to be in power whether god wants it or not and we are falling to the same temptations i know people who have left our church because of the mask mandate We're no longer attending, we're no longer serving. We're no longer willing to work with one another's preferences and not be offended by one another's opinions. We've got an honor issue in the house of God. You can, I won't re-preach the whole message, but I'm telling you, if you want me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. If you don't want me to wear a mask, I'll pull the thing off, I couldn't breathe anyways. If I think I'm sick, some of you may have seen me walking around with a mask on a couple of weeks ago. I had a child with a temperature, so I put a mask on. And I use more hand sanitizer than most of y'all wash your hands in a week because I don't want to spread a sickness being inconsiderate and calling it Christianity. If you want to take a vaccination, take a vaccination. Yeah, fight fight people trying to force vaccinations across the land. If you don't want to take a vaccination, don't take a vaccination. But you need to understand that when you take a position on a social media platform that is not an eternal position and that is subject to change within six months, certainly within six years, when you take that position, you ostracize everybody that you could have had influence over. And the last time I checked, the church is not going to be judged for its ability to ostracize, but it will be judged for its willingness to influence. I got notes, I swear, I'm going to get to them in just a second. My opinion has never led anybody into the kingdom of God. But my opinion has pushed many people away from the kingdom of God. Honor. Your father and your mother. We have values at this church. We preached over the last couple of weeks. Our first value was delight in Jesus. Delight in Jesus. There's your scripture from that. Our second value, we discussed it last week, was to foster family. Here's your scripture for that. This week, our value is to honor all honor all we have a biblical mandate i believe to honor all i'll get to the scripture in a moment you can find this in your notes honor has a generational impact it is very important that we properly understand honor because of what honor does not just in the now but in the next by the way it's really important that we understand dishonor because of what dishonor does in not just the now, but also in the next. We need to understand that everything that we do in this generation blesses or curses the next generation. Your children and your children's children. Well, I don't have any children. If you don't think that God has some children watching what you do, how you do it, what you say and when you say it, then you don't understand the influence and the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which was supposed to empower you to be an example and a witness for his sake. What we do in this generation either blesses or curses the next generation. And if we don't confess, then they have to clean up. Come on, what we don't handle, we hand down and somebody else has to deal with. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, New Living Translation, Jesus in the Old Testament, speaking through Moses unto the law, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. In Ephesians chapter 6, Starting in verse 2, let me give you a little hermeneutical and or theological doctrinal type explanation here. When you see something in the Old Testament, it is very good for correction, teaching and learning. Right? They've already learned the lesson. We need to read the lesson that they've learned and not make the same mistake. Like if King David was where he was supposed to be, then he would have never done things he wasn't supposed to do. That's a valuable lesson if you see something in the New Testament that you never saw in the Old Testament again probably great for rebuke and correction and or something that needs to be imparted into the New Testament church because it's part of the new covenant and maybe not necessarily part of the old covenant but when you see something in the Old Testament on multiple occasions and then you see it repeated in the New Testament on multiple occasions you're no longer talking about a good idea you are now discussing a biblical absolute you are no longer reading recommendations for a better life you are now reading requirements for eternal life are you with me today so when we see this principle echoed throughout the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and any anytime that you're reading in the Old Testament and you see it re quoted in the New Testament and you see it operated or instructed as another principle in both covenants then you need to understand that is a biblical absolute and you can chalk it up as doctrine Ephesians chapter 6 I only got to do this one time today I'm excited about it honor your father and your mother. Please do not think that this is limited to biology. This is a spiritual principle. Does it include biology? Absolutely. But in this essence, it also includes spiritual and positional authority. Because we have to remember that there is no authority in heaven or on the earth that God did not himself allow to be in authority. And Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, which was, by the way, under way more persecution than anybody in America. Y'all wake up with me. You don't have to help me. I'll do it on my own. You're not here for me. Paul says, this is the first commandment with a promise. There is the promise that follows honor. So when you follow Jesus and you honor people as God would want you to honor them, then one of the 2,500 promises of God begins to follow you. He says in verse 3, if you, if, if. If you see if in the word of God, you need to perk up. You better circle that and look to see what's about to follow. You know, things like, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Wait a minute, if I don't continue in in your word, then you're not his disciples. If you continue in my word, if you honor your father and mother, then things will go well for you. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through a hardship, trial, or challenge, tribulation. Those things have already been promised. You don't get to ignore some scriptures just because you read something in another scripture. But he says things will go well for you, and you will have a long life even on the earth. Because you're not going to go through some things that you would have gone through because God is more interested in your honor and your holiness than he ever is in your health and happiness. And if he has to allow something to be a thorn in your flesh just to keep you by his side, then he will allow it. Why does it take tragedy and tribulation in order to get our attention and cause us to call upon God? Honor, honor. I believe that we need to return to not just a, 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 an American understanding. I believe that we need to return to a biblical understanding of honor. I believe we need to return to a day when a child came home from school in trouble and the first response of the parent and or guardian was not, what did your teacher do? Now, I thought that would have got a few shouts of glory from some teachers that had just been back to school for a week. I believe we need to return to a day and age when a kid comes home complaining about a coach, that the parent's automatic response is not to become dishonorable in front of the child about the positional authority in which God has placed that child, but that they would, rem- they would immediately begin to train that child what it looks like. Now listen, hear me, I'm not talking about abuse, okay? That's a completely different discussion. When you're dealing with the abuse, you call that out, you do everything that you can to have that person uh, removed and taken care of, but I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about when a coach says something or a teacher says something or a principal says something, let me help myself out today. When a pastor says something to your baby that you don't like, you need to find out why they had to say it to your baby instead of why your baby feels the way that they feel about what was said. I remember a day when I was asked, what did you do? We need to return to a biblical understanding of honor on behalf of positional authority and leadership. By the way, I'm talking about your president. Oh, hang on, y'all just clapped me down. Now y'all done went just ta- stone silent. I'm talking about your governor. See, because when you are not honorable to the person, you teach the next generation not to be honorable to the position. You teach the people that you have influence with and or over that it is okay to be dishonorable when you disagree. And honor has a generational impact that exceeds our current circumstance. Think about 2 Kings. You can go read the story. 2 Kings chapter 2. The Bible says that Elisha the prophet was walking down the road and he ran into a crew of children. And they began to say to him as they cast, as they, as they cast insults at him. They would say to the prophet, go on up you old bald head. Now, I think that's funny. And when I would make fun of my daddy's receding hairline, he'd say, you better be careful, boy. I'll send a bear to maul you. He'd pick with me. He said, you better be careful making fun of bald heads. Elisha, standing there receiving the insults, a bear came out of the woods and mauled those babies. Mauled those boys. Don't you ever forget, listen to me. I know that God is gracious, he is loving, and he is merciful, but God is just. And when God puts somebody in a position, when you mess with the person, you're messing with the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the same God in the Old Testament as he is the one that fulfilled the Old Covenant in the New Testament. But bear came out of the woods and mauled those children. Interesting. Elisha claimed that he saw Elijah go up in the air. As a chariot of God came down and swooped the man of God up, and Elijah never tasted death. The Bible says that Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah, and he began to operate in a double portion of the anointing of his spiritual father because Elisha understood honor even though his daddy was nowhere to be found. The anointing fell on the man of honor. Elisha began to share the story and perform miracles on behalf of God. And I'm sure that he began to hear that the story was spreading. And I imagine there was a few people that had a hard time believing that Elisha didn't kill his predecessor. And steal his mantle. To begin to perform his miracles to build his own ministry. And I bet you anything that there was some aunts and uncles... Some parents and grandparents, some positional authority, some other teachers at some other schools who heard the story of what happened to Elisha and Elijah and began to cast doubt on the ears of the next generation about what God had done and was doing in the current generation and so those children went out and when they saw that old man coming down that road because of the dishonor that took place in their house they began to share it in the face of somebody who represented God outside of their house and when God heard passing down to the next generation the dishonor of the current generation he he said I will not tolerate dishonor with my people and towards my leaders and that bear came out of the woods and attacked those kids because those parents didn't know how to honor positional authority in front of the what you say in front of little ears blesses or curses them in the next generation and when we cannot honor the person we must find a way To honor the position. Because honor is not a biblical request. It's not a biblical recommendation. It is a requirement for godly living because honor has a generational impact. Number two, honor does not mean approval. Honor does not mean approval. I turned 37 years old this summer. I know I'm nothing but a spring chicken with an almost 11 year old. Actually, she'll be 11 tomorrow, I think. Yeah, she'll be 11 tomorrow. So I have the most exciting seven years ahead of me. Y'all pray with me for the return of Jesus. And now we're looking forward. Listen, I don't live, my glory days are not behind me. The best that God has is right in front of me. I just got to walk with him to walk in it. But being a 37-year-old man who uh, pays most of his own bills, and I mean, there's some people that are great to me, but, and I understand that everything comes from God, and it's just a matter of whether we're all obedient to him with what he's given us. Uh, my mama hasn't paid a bill for me in a minute now. Okay, so um, we have an understanding. Like, I don't just have to do everything she tells me to do anymore. <laughs> like, just because she has an opinion or thinks that we should do something vaccination mask mandates we have the ability to disagree what i don't have the ability to do is be dishonorable i can disagree hear me listen to me you can disagree without being dishonorable to your boss You can disagree without being dishonorable to your enemy. Jesus said, Anybody can love a friend. I'm telling you, I have no problem loving Jesus when people leave me alone. It's a gift, y'all. I can walk in it. But when people start irritating what I want to accomplish, all of a sudden I have a hard time loving people. And it affects my relationship with Jesus. I can disagree without being dishonorable. I can agree, you've heard the phrase, agree to disagree. What I can actually do is respectfully state my feeling, opinion, and or conviction. Respectfully. Respectfully and then once someone who actually has control or the ability to do something about what I just stated, would y'all stop wasting your time on social media and start writing your congressmen and congresswomen? If you wanna take the time to do something, do something that's gonna matter, not just make you feel better. My bad. I only got one service, we're almost done. Our objective is to operate in honor because I can disagree, but I cannot be disrespectful. Or I train the people around me to believe that it is okay to dishonor authority when I disagree with the authority. Do you, is it any surprise to you that this generation can't keep a job? Is it any surprise to you that most church people jump fields like sheep on Holy Ghost crack whenever that church doesn't begin to believe we're not recording live. I can say it how I want to. <laughs> when that preacher says something that they don't like, when that church does something that they don't like, when when somebody on staff doesn't call them because they were sick, come on somebody. The strength of the church, on a side note, the strength of a church is not found. You'll hear me say this a a lot more often. The strength of a church, the church of Jesus Christ, is not in whether paid people do what everybody expects them to do. The strength of a church is when unpaid people begin to do what nobody expects them to do. It's not in how many people are pastors. It's how many people are serving that the strength of the church is found. So when people called me for the first couple of years, well, I just can't believe you hadn't called me yet. Well, let me hang up and not call you again. I literally had people fuss at me for not checking on them and my wife had called them. Hey, but she's me, Jack. We are one in the eyes of the Lord. If she calls, that's her not doing something I needed her to do in order to call and check on you. Eight people in our office and three board members called. They got mad because I didn't call. (laughs) And I guarantee you that I'm not the only person because, hear me, by the time people fuss at a leader, they've been fussing at everybody else about the leader. That's not honor. And we wonder why the nation is sick. It's because the church is sick. The church is the only answer. I agree with many of my friends. I'm telling you, it's going to take a lot for me to close the doors of us physically gathering together again. When they close the hospitals, I'll close the church house. How about that? That's we'll just agree together on that. Because those buildings are not more important than those gatherings are not more important than this gathering. I'm telling you, if the church isn't praying against COVID-19, it ain't going anywhere. If the church isn't praying against cancer, it's not going anywhere. If the church isn't praying for the economy, it's not going to turn back in the right direction. If the church's not praying for a nation and nobody's humbling themselves and nobody's repenting, if the church isn't coming together, you watch the world fall apart. But when there's a remnant on behalf of God that understands the calling of God and how we're supposed to operate in honor no matter what's going on and or who we're talking about then god still has the ability to make a way and multiply his people even in the face of roman tyranny but we will never adhere to a value that we do not hold and we will never hold a value that we do not have what is honor y'all come get ready to help me What is honor? Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight not in how many people like your post. Come on, they're just going to get their instruments. My goodness, y'all are like a class full of pre-Kers. Read it with me. (laughs) You don't have to. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. We should find pleasure in fulfilling scripture. But we find pleasure in fussing about people that aren't fulfilling scripture. And then when we fuss, we find even more pleasure in how many people are following our fussing. How many people liked it? How many people put a gif or a GIF, depending on what age group you're in and how you call that? I like the English Standard Version. It says it this way. Outdo one another in showing honor. Guys, I'm telling you. God's answer for this country is not going to be found in a politician. God's answer for this country is not going to be found in a policy. It's not going to be found in who's in charge of the House and or the Senate in Baton Rouge. Now, I love when God leads and, and, and raises up born again baptized in the Spirit God fearing men and women I love that I pray for it I'll just say this out loud Mike Johnson is one of my favorite people in the world and I thank God that he's in Washington DC I love that guy but he's not the answer what is honor honor is more than words honor is more than an idea honor is an action honor is talking to someone not about them honor is saying what you're supposed to say not what you want to say you gotta be careful with little ears I told this story online I'll tell it quickly sorry Kelsey (laughs) <laughs> she said, <laughs> Kelsey was little. She was like Camry's age. Camry's way cuter than you were, though. I Just no offense. I mean that. She's yours. So. Uh, Kelsey was about Camry's age, and, and I had gone inside, and I had a friend outside living on Buchanan Street. Buchanan Street was only about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away from First Baptist Church and the Family Life Center and Big Jim and all the stuff. And one of my friends had come down from Family Life Center to hang out with me on Buchanan Street. I went inside to do something. I can't even remember what happened. I came back outside, and Kelsey was standing there like this. Five years old. Y'all see it? My friend was hightailing it down the road. I said, hey, what's wrong? He yelled something back. He was... Mad as could be. I turned around to Kelsey. I said, what'd you do? She's five. He's 10. Like, it's really not her fault, okay? She said, I told him, my parents don't like him anyways. (laughs) And he's bad, and we don't even want him over here. Now, I'm not throwing my parents, I don't, we're not recording still, are we? It is recording now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I don't know what they said. I don't know what was said, and, and I am certainly not blaming my mama as I look directly into the camera today. I'm just saying, that we have to be careful what we say about other people in front of new believers. We gotta be careful what we say about other people in front of people who are still very young in their faith. And by the way, the loudest voice that you have is what you're posting on social media. If the church spend as much time praying as we do deciding and determining what we're gonna spend our time posting what would God do in the secret place of the church on their knees begging God to move honor is a command that is expressed in an action Honor is a command. It's not a request. It's not an idea. It's not an intent. When you speak dishonorably to someone, you bring dishonor on yourself because how you honor others will determine how others honor you. Ask David. Final note, honor adds value. Honor adds value. I want you to prepare your heart to worship Jesus today. I don't know what they're gonna lead us in, but there's not 30 people standing outside that door. I'm gonna get home earlier than I have since 2016. Honor adds value. Would you think of the dirty, rotten, stripped, naked, decrepit, defiled, adulterous woman? Part of the problem in Jerusalem, thrown at the feet of the Savior, And Jesus knelt down and he began to write in the sand. And we don't know what he wrote in that moment. How like, some people think he began to write the names of the mistresses of all the Pharisees. The Bible said, beginning with the oldest, they got out of there. Oldest Pharisee, most influential standing there. Jesus gonna cast stones on her or is he gonna let her get away with breaking the law Jesus bends down and looks at him and says Sarah is not your wife the oldest he gone another one still standing over there going wonder why he left cuz he wrote that name down Jesus looks at the other one he says Emily Ashley Samantha yeah they all for you boy you gonna get yours he keeps keeps writing my brother's out eventually they all disperse naked they called her in the act of adultery they drug her out there the way that he went to the cross for them dirty, filthy, embarrassed, she lays in the ground and Jesus says, hey, where are your accusers? Now, I don't know this specifically in scripture, but I believe she probably looked up for the first time because she thought she was going to get hit with a stone. She was ready to embrace her punishment. But instead of finding punishment, she met purification. And she looks up and she says to Jesus, They're gone. And Jesus looks at her and he says, Neither do I condemn you. Now, wait, wait, wait. wait. Go and sin no more. That's repentance see if we can add value we can impact eternity come on if we can add honor we can impact eternity if when everybody else is standing in line waiting to see what's going to happen if somebody who represents jesus will get out of the current comfort of their vehicle and walk up to something that they don't know what's gonna happen they're willing to take a step along with their Savior even though they don't know what's going to happen next. If we can add value, we can impact eternity like the woman at the well that nobody else wanted to be around, but Jesus sat around waiting on. You need to understand this morning when nobody else wants you around, Jesus is waiting. When nobody else wants you in the room, then you go to the well because your savior has been waiting on you to show up so that he can share with you a revelation that's going to get you away from what you're currently stuck in. He can share with you a heart of worship that's going to get you out of what you used to want. Come on. He's going to share with you the spirit of truth that will keep you away from the former lies and the men that were lying about you Jesus added honor and added value when Simon Peter thought he had committed the unpardonable sin he went back to what he knew instead of continuing in what God had so Jesus went to the shore while he was on the ship (laughs) Peter's fishing and Jesus is cooking fish. I want to follow Jesus. He's already got what I'm looking for. He's already preparing what I've been plowing for. Jesus looks up from the bank. John says, it's Jesus. Peter jumps in the water and starts swimming over what he used to drown in. You know the difference between drowning and swimming? Who you have your eyes on. He gets to the shore, he eats breakfast with Jesus, and Jesus redeems him three times for the three times he was rebuked. He added value. When Thomas said, I'll believe when I put my hand in the scars. See, when you, when you fleece God, He'll show up and show Himself faithful. Romans 12, 10. Outdo one another in showing honor. I believe we have a hard time showing one another honor because we don't take the time to show God honor. See, what you do in secret ends up manifesting itself in society. What you do in secret ends up coming through on your social media. Now y'all don't all go unfollow me today. I like to know where your heart is. (laughs) Block Chris Fry. (laughs) Say what I want to now. I'll look at your social media through somebody else's. My staff will tell me what you're saying. Last week we got a text message. A young single mom wanted us to pray. One of her children were going on a mission trip Just a few years ago, this is why small groups and freedom groups are so important. And I I wish so badly that more leaders caught the conviction of opening up their homes and hosting and co-leading and attending small groups because that's where discipleship happens. It's where connection takes place. This is great. There's a place for physically gathering as instructed to in scripture. But I'm telling you that the Bible says they they met house to house and in the temple. And the church grew, not because of the apostles, but because of the people who had opened up their homes and given multiple places to gather, even when everybody couldn't get to the temple. This young mama came to the church, hurting, broken, wandering, lost. And our staff and many of you just began to add value. When life was being stripped from her, when every problem seemed like the wall of Jericho in her life, just added value, added value, added value. Come up and pray, added value. Attend that group, added value. Nobody on staff around, adding value. And then last week, because, we've added value one of her children is going on a mission trip to impact somebody else on behalf of the kingdom of God because of the value that was added when we decided to honor despite what was going on we hosted a few months ago our staff willingly opened up the church it's a lot of work to host these things extra work because we work anyways right and then somebody like hey since you guys are just sitting around not really doing anything uh let's add an event that's not something you've already planned by the way it's in two weeks oh praise the lord i don't want to let's do it so we hosted uh our regional area pastors pastors. They all came here. I'll spare you some of the details of that meeting. Those aren't always the most exciting. <laughs> we're working on it. At the end I was talking to somebody and and I saw another guy, younger guy, standing over. He had a sports coat on. Um because we dress up when we're gonna be around our elder pastors. <laughs> um he had a sports coat on and and he was waiting. I could tell he was waiting. He wanted to tell me something. And I was like, don't leave. Um, so I finished the conversation and I walked over. He introduced himself, I can't tell you his name. He said, man, I just wanted to let you know I received my credentials with the Assemblies of God. And I was like, hey, praise God. You know, I'm ready to celebrate that. I want everybody to get credentialed with the Assemblies of God. I believe that we're the best thing going in the entire earth, the 70 million adherents around the world with fastest growing Pentecostal fellowship in on all of the earth. I love it when young leaders receive their credentials with us. So I was ready to celebrate that. He's like, "Oh no, no, that's not what I wanted to tell you." I was like, "Oh, there's more." <laughs> he says, "Man, I, I just want to let you. I, we attend Crossroads, and and we've been serving there. But uh, I, I, in speaking with my mother recently, I found out I had a brother I never knew about. I thought, that's cool. And he said." but he comes to your church. I said, really? He told me who it was. He said, yeah, he comes to your church. I'd been praying for him when I got to meet him to find out, and then I found out, and he told him the whole story, that just a year or two ago, they weren't living for Jesus, and they heard about something happening on Satig Road, and they came over to New Hope, And the husband gave his life to Jesus, the wife and the children were following. And this young minister comes up and he says, I just wanted to thank you for being faithful to what God called you guys to do, because Jesus had already saved a brother that I didn't even know I had. Hey, hey, when you, yeah, go ahead, give God praise. When you show honor, you impact eternity. In ways that you didn't even know you were impacting eternity. For people who were praying prayers that you may never even hear about in this lifetime. Honor all. I want to encourage you right now, if you will just bow your head and close your eyes with us. We're going to end a little bit differently today. If you need to give your life to Jesus, I want to, I hope that some. Some value was added right now, but I need to tell you the greatest honor that you can do is to surrender your life to him. He became dishonor. He was afflicted and ashamed so that you can become anointed. I wanna encourage you. I'm not, Jesus is not a way, he's the only way for this world as we look around and see as people are literally bracing for impact within an hour of this place this morning Jesus is the only answer for what is happening and what is coming and the only question is whether you're in him or apart from him when it comes would you give him your life right now would you surrender your all not holding back certain areas, surrender your all to the Savior today. If that's you, I want you to open your hands right where you are. And I want you to pray a very simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me, help me to honor you in all I do. Take my life, make it yours. May I honor you in my thoughts, in my post, In my words, in my actions, I believe you shed your blood. You paid for my sin so I could be born again and made new just like you. Take my life. Make it yours. I surrender all right now in Jesus' name. Amen.